In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. We've all had that feeling. We've all had that experience. We've all seen people out on the street holding a sign, help needed. The best one that I've ever seen was actually a picture of a guy dressed as Darth Vader saying, need money for a new uh, Death Star. That was the best one that I saw. But the signs vary, the people vary, the faces vary. What do you do? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to give them money? If you're in Anchorage, they actually made it illegal to give money to somebody standing on the street if you're in a car. You have to park your car, get out, go hand them money on the sidewalk. Well, what should you do? And if you don't give them money, do you have that guilty feeling, like hanging with you for several minutes? Then you probably try to like push that way down Justify yourself, well, they were probably going to use it on drugs. I mean, I really need that money. I'm going to get a coffee. Like, whatever it is, right? Like, there's this internal battle that goes on. What should you do? What do you do when someone is before you and they ask for help? And specifically, they ask for money. Abbot Trifon, um, he says that uh, he keeps different denominations of, of bills in his pocket. So he'll have a one, a five, a ten, a twenty. And he'll just reach in his pocket and whatever he pulls out, he doesn't know what it is, whatever he pulls out, that's what they get. I thought that was a pretty decent idea, so I started keeping money in my car. Got a little little uh, thing, pocket, where I can keep money and I just reach in and I take something out. Okay, fine. Some people will give money to an agency, like a soup kitchen, and, uh, and say, well, I'll give it to them and they'll distribute it in the best way possible, better than I can. And I know somebody who has stopped giving money to people he sees on the streets. He actually works in a hospital. And, um, and instead of giving them money, he'll actually buy them lunch or buy them food. He'll give them food. And that's, that's a way to do it. Uh, our church, just so everybody knows, generally speaking, this isn't true all the time, it's not a hard and fast policy, but more often than not, we like to pay people's bills if they call and ask for money. We'll, we'll pay an electric bill or rent or something like that rather than giving them cash directly. It's kind of splitting the difference. But the fact of the matter is, whether, however we decide to help somebody, that's not actually the issue that we deal with. The bigger temptation, the bigger problem, is the judgment going on inside of our heads towards whomever we see. Well, they're probably going to use the money on drugs. They, they obviously deserve to be where they are. If they only worked as hard as I work, if they only did what I did, then they wouldn't be in this position. And that's just far from the truth. It's just far from the truth. That sounds a lot like 
the Pharisee, right? And the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men. So we have to be careful of that pride. We have to be careful of that judgment. Because life is hard for everybody. And regardless of how much money we have, none of us are really that far from being homeless. I give you, for example, Job in the Old Testament. Everything was taken from him just like that. And he found himself covered in ashes, sitting on a dunghill with nothing but his wife left. Okay? Like, the Lord giveth and the Lord can taketh away. If we don't giveth in return. Does that make sense? So, in our parable today, the Lord talks about a rich man who feasted sumptuously and, and compares him, contrasts him with a poor man at the rich man's gate. And he actually names the poor, poor man, Lazarus, but he doesn't name the rich man. That's really important because we are told that uh, even Christ says what's important is that our names are written in the book of life. So if this rich man doesn't have a name, that means it's not written in the book of life, right? That's why like names are super important. The Lord calls to us by name. When we serve Holy Communion, it's given by name, right? The servant, it's not just a mindless, like, the servant of God, the servant of God, the servant of God. Like, there's a name imparted, right? So, the name is important, but this rich man, this rich man had plenty, but he didn't share with the poor man Lazarus. And really, his sin was that of selfishness. The sin wasn't that he was rich. And the Lord doesn't even say that he acquired his goods through, uh, through dishonest means. But his sin was that he didn't love. His sin was that he didn't even, and, and beyond not loving, he didn't even see Lazarus. At some point, he just like tuned him out. Like, I'm not even going to look. Can't even look him in the eye. Right? Maybe we've had that feeling with somebody, like, I just, I just can't even look them in the eye because I don't know how to help them. Like, this man didn't even offer a prayer for Lazarus. So, he, he wasn't intentionally, the rich man wasn't intentionally trying to exclude God from his life, but by excluding Lazarus from his life, he excludes God. Because our Lord identifies himself with the least of these brethren, right? Those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are naked, those who are in prison, those who are sick. That's who the Lord identifies with. So if we overlook them, then we're actually overlooking our Lord. But the rich man did not see Lazarus because he did not love and love gives us eyes to see the wounds which need to be bound. Love gives ears to hear the silent call for help. Love gives hands to support. Love gives a tongue to console when the burdens of life become too heavy. 
So the problem wasn't that he had money. The problem was that he became blinded by his money. He became so attached to it, he defined himself by his money. By the size of his 401k, by the size of his pickup truck, by the size of his flat screen TV, whatever it was, he defined himself by what he had, not by what he did, and not certainly not by his virtue. He thought he was virtuous himself, but he became blinded to his own selfishness. And the problem with wealth, it's not actually a problem in and of itself. But the problem is that it distracts us from the love of God and it distracts us from the love of neighbor. It tends to harden human hearts against the needs of others, right? I can't give money because I need this for my pleasure. And, and the love of money, St. Paul calls the love of money the root of all evil. The love of money. He doesn't call money the root of all evil. He calls the love of money the root of all evil. And it stands up self-righteously and ends up condemning the poor. Calling them lazy. Calling them, you know, uh, uh, without ambition. Calling them helpless. Blaming them for their circumstances. There are plenty of times where somebody is is responsible for their circumstances. And then there are plenty of times where it's just a series of unfortunate events. At my high school, uh, our senior year, we were required to do community service. And uh, we had to do like 50 hours of community service before we could graduate. And there's a story that we were told when I was there about uh, a high school senior who was not very happy with his assignment of going to a local soup kitchen and serving soup. But he went and did it, and most of the time he'd just keep his head down and serve food and just like punch his time card and try to get out as soon as possible because he was very unhappy with the idea that he had to do this. Until... One day, he happened to look up and he saw his grandfather staring at him. He had no idea, no idea, that his grandparents were destitute. They had a home, but they didn't have enough money for food. And it totally changed his perspective. It hit close to home, so to speak. Uh, the teacher who told this story said, yeah, that young man stopped complaining when this set of grandparents didn't get him as nice of a Christmas present as the other set of grandparents. He was a little more understanding. So, this parable forces us to ask ourselves, who is truly rich and who is truly poor? St. John Chrysostom has a beautiful quote in his commentary on this. He says, If you see someone greedy for many things, you should consider him the poorest of all, even if he has acquired everyone's money. If, on the other hand, you see someone with few needs, few needs, you should consider him the richest of all, even if he has acquired nothing. For the rich man is not one who has much, but one who gives much. For that remains his forever. End quote. The rich man is not one who has much, but the one who gives much. 
for that remains his forever. So St. John Chrysostom is saying, the only treasure you actually get to hold on to is the one you give away. The only treasure you actually hold on to is the one you give away. And our life, one who is rich, is one who is rich in virtue. One who is rich in humility and generosity and love. Right? Nobody, nobody likes the miserly person with lots of money, right? Who's very selfish and stingy, right? There's Charles Dickens, wrote a whole story on this, right? Christmas Carol, right? Scrooge has become the epitome. And it's even a saint. Don't be a Scrooge. Don't be a Scrooge. And, and many of us are probably sitting here going, I'm not. I'm not. Get off my back. Stop harping on me. Okay. But we always need to be questioning whether or not we're too attached to what we have. We always need to be questioning ourselves in those moments when we are face to face with someone asking for help. If there's something that we can actually do for them. And at the very least, we can give them dignity. Right? We can at least give them a prayer. We can at least give them a smile. Even if we truly can't help them. But let's not lie to ourselves. And let's not lie to God. You know, uh, as... Over the years, as I've talked with Deacon Tom about various situations that have popped up in the church, one recurring theme always comes up that we always agree on. We never regret being generous. We have never regretted, in the time that we've worked together, being generous with somebody, erring on the side of generosity. There are probably times where I have regretted, like, I probably could have done a little more. And even when we're generous with somebody and they turn around and throw it back in our face, you know what? That's not our problem. It's not our problem. The Lord calls us to be faithful and kind, compassionate and generous because that's what He is. And what somebody else does with it, that's their problem between them and God. So if you can remember one thing today out of my many ramblings, remember this. You will never regret being generous. You will never regret being generous. Now, I know that tonight my kids are going to go to somebody's house and ask for candy and say, you're never going to regret being generous. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) But I think you get the point. I think you get the point. The saints tell us over and over again, it's not our job to discern whether we should give, whether someone deserves to be given to. That's not our job. Our job is to be faithful and generous with what we have. And if somebody uses something in a way that we don't approve of, that's their problem. That's their problem. But let's be honest and let's be generous to the best of our ability. And... And let's keep our eyes open to those around us in need. They're everywhere. Look at, look at work. Look at your co-workers. Look at your schoolmates. I heard a beautiful story once about students in a school class. They were like fourth grade. And one little boy noticed that his friend 
never actually had a sandwich in his lunch. He came with just like a bag of chips and not much else. And he told his mom, and he asked his mom what I should do. His mom said, oh, you, there's not much that we can do. But the mom packed an extra, an extra sandwich every day for the rest of the school year. And this little boy didn't make a big deal about it. He just said, told his friend, oh, my mom did it again. She made an extra sandwich. Would, would you help me eat this sandwich? See, there's dignity there, there's compassion, there's generosity. But we have to keep our eyes open. And then we have to be willing to be generous. We won't regret it. I promise you. We won't regret being generous. And St. John tells us in his epistle, we love others because God loved us first. That's reason enough. That's reason enough. And then he also says, how can we say that we love God, whom we have not seen, when we don't love our brother, whom we have seen? So let us keep these things in mind, and let us strive to be generous, the way that Abraham, who was a rich man, was generous. That's why he's mentioned in this parable. He was rich, but he was a good steward of his goods. So, brothers and sisters, let us be kind and compassionate and let us be generous to the best of our ability, knowing that everything we give away can come back to us full circle as a reward in the kingdom of heaven, where we can praise and glorify Christ our God, the giver of all good things, together with His unoriginate Father and His all-holy and good and life-giving Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Yes.